Um, it is Easter Sunday, and so um, typically, you know, we want to talk about the resurrection of Jesus, don't we? We want to hear about that. We want to be encouraged that Jesus died on Good Friday, but that he rose again on Easter, the resurrection. This is our hope. This is our faith. This is what it's all about. Um, but Pastor Thomas also likes to, I like to, preach through a series, and we've been preaching through the Holy Spirit. We've been talking about who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, how he, he builds us up in our faith and how he guides us. And today I want to continue on that, but I think there's, an, there's a way we can talk about the resurrection of Jesus and still talk about the Holy Spirit. I believe that um, God, who is one, when we talk about Jesus, we can't help talk about the Father and talk about the Spirit because they're one and they act together even though it was Jesus who died on the cross and Jesus who rose from the dead. We know that the Spirit took part in that and the Father sent Jesus. And so uh, today I believe I can give you a message about the Holy Spirit while still talking about the resurrection of Jesus. And today I'm going to talk about... Um, the Holy Spirit being the comforter. The Holy Spirit being the comforter. Now, you hear that word, com the comforter, and uh, maybe you think about uh, being comfortable. Like, we all have our things that bring us comfort, right? Like, I hear the word comforter, and I think of, like, uh, a bed, a comforter, like, on my bed, like, pulling it over me when I don't want to get out of bed, and it feels nice and warm. That's why they call it a comforter, right? Like, it's supposed to comfort you and make you feel warm. Uh, yesterday, we got together with our uh, Amy Beth's family, and there was lots of food, and I would describe this food, wouldn't you describe this food, Amy Beth, as comfort food? They had a pasta extravaganza. To me, pasta is like a real you know, hearty comfort food, you know, especially when it's covered in gooey cheese and sauce. And yeah, comfort food. I'm sure you guys are all either had a meal yesterday or plan on having a meal and that would be kind of like comfort food. Um, you know, on Sunday, I like to, especially Easter, you know, put on a tie, look good. It's put on what we would call our Sunday bests. Uh, but you know what I do uh, Sunday afternoons to get comfortable? I, I, I take off my Sunday best and I put on some um, track pants and a, and a hoodie because those are my comfort clothes, right? Like, do, do you guys not have those things? You know, like your favorite pair of jeans or, or, or you those track pants, you know, that you, you know when you eat a nice comfortable meal, you know there's room it to, for your stomach to grow. Those things bring us comfort. You know, we got, we got our favorite clothes. We got our favorite place to be in the house. We have our favorite chair. All those things, you know, we are a culture. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but we are a culture who loves comfort. We crave comfort, anything to make things easier. You know, the latest gadgets or toys are all designed to bring us more comfort. So when we hear that the Holy Spirit is our comforter, are those things related? When you think of being comfortable, do you think of being comforted? And do you realize the difference? Sometimes when we're struggling, and by the way, I would say over the past two years, I know almost everyone in our church or my family or my neighbors have struggled to some degree. Can we say amen to that? You've struggled and you've needed some comfort. 
You've needed some comfort. And often where we go for comfort is in the things that we find comfortable, don't we? Someone in our family passes away and we just want to get in bed, pull the sheets over our eyes and ignore everything else in the world. Sometimes when we're struggling with our mental health, our, 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 our mindset and being having hope in our lives, we tend to go to food, don't we? It makes us feel good when we put food on our mouth, doesn't it? And that food can block the pain that I'm feeling. And so I'm using food as my comfort blanket. We got, we got kids in our house. I'm sure you've been aware if you know us. We got five of them. And they all have had some kind of comfort thing. Actually, Anna Claire has hers right now. She's got her bubba. She's sucking on her bubba. That's her comfort thing. Here's the thing, church, I don't think we really grow out of that very much. We just move on from a bottle to something else. You know, I, I, I like to tell people, and I'm not ashamed of it, that I, I needed a mother. I'm a mama's boy. She took care of me. She made me and my life comfortable when my dad made life hard sometimes because we lived on a farm. He said, get to work. And I'd go to my mom, dad's being hard on me. And then I got married, and I said, I, like, I was married at 21, and, you know, and these days, that's young, right? Like, out straight out of Bible college, bam, I'm getting married because I need a woman to take care of me. I'm, I'm not afraid to admit it. And because I like that comfort that she offers me, and Beth will tell you, I'm a snuggler. I need a good hug. I need those things. And so even though my little baby over there has got her bottle in her hand, there are things that even me as a grown man, and I know it's not just me as a grown man, I know even those of us in our, in our church who are, you know, you're getting closer to the end of your life and you still have those things in your life that make you feel comfortable. Right? And we go to those things. But church, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, doesn't want us just to find comfort on our own. He doesn't want us to just grow comfortable. He wants to be the one who comforts us. Okay, now, I, I just want you to think for a moment the things that you've been through this past few years and how bad they were. Just for a second. I, I know that's not a good experience for you to go through, but we've all been through bad experiences. And now, this wasn't my experience through the past three years, but when I think of some of the things that you guys have been through in the past three Two, two years, and I know how bad they are because you're my family, you're my church family. And I think of some of the things in my life, like the past two years, to be honest, I haven't gone through the same thing some of you have gone through. I'm going to be honest. I've been there with you through it, but you guys have had hard times. But I have had it earlier on in my life. And I remember when Amy Beth and I were trying to have kids, and, and we had a miscarriage. And it was the hardest thing. For us to go through in our early on in our marriage, you know, I said it was, we were married at 21, we got pregnant about a year and a half later or something like that, and, you know, we get the pregnancy test and we announce it to our family and our friends, and then one Saturday, we're at the hospital, and a doctor's telling us there's nothing on the ultrasound anymore, and Amy Beth, obviously needed medical care. 
They ask us to come back the next Sunday. That's the next day to check on Amy Beth. You know, good doctors. Check on her. Everything's good. And it's about 10 o'clock by the time they release us from the hospital. And the hospital is over a half an hour from the church. And by the time we get back to church on a Sunday morning, the service is going to be over. And we're like, well, should we go to church? Side note, I think a lot of people are asking that question right now during the midst of another wave of sicknesses and over the past years with a pandemic. And I don't blame people for asking this question. Should we go to church? And some people might have, in our situation, said, no, we need to comfort each other and just go home. But we know, Amy Beth and I know, we grew up in the church, that God works in mysterious ways. And even though we really didn't want to go to church, we should because he can comfort us better than we can comfort each other. So we went to church that Sunday and we showed up for the last hymn. And the last hymn happened to be Trust and Obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Now imagine singing that when you've just lost, like for me, I'm a dad. You know, there's only crazy people have five kids because they really want to be a dad, right? They love being a dad. And at that time I had none and I was worried I might not ever have any because this was so terrible. And so sing, trust, and obey was one of the hardest hymns I can remember. It's ingrained in my mind. Actually, the more I learn and study about our brain and how our brains work, when we go through traumatic experiences is when our memories actually are the strongest. Unless the trauma, trauma is so bad, then our, 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 our brain actually gets overloaded and we can completely shut it down to not remember a single thing. Isn't that amazing how our brains work? So either our heightened senses enable us to remember trauma severely or we completely shut it off and it's like a computer that's in reboot and doesn't work anymore. That's our brains. And so for me, those memories are so, because there was so much pain involved, I can remember it. It's right there. But we go to church anyways. And we sing that hymn, and I'm like, I'm almost like shaking my fist, and I'm like, God, I'm going to sing this song, and I am going to trust you, but I don't want to trust you. You ever feel that way in your faith or your relationship with God, or you're struggling? Listen, I'm going to relate this all to the resurrection of Jesus. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to relate it to it in a second. And I, and I was shaking my fist at God, but I was saying, I'm going to trust you anyways, God. And I remember a, a, a lady in our church who She's not the most comforting type. She's sometimes the harsh type. We all have that, those types of people around us sometimes. Yet she, when I looked over at the end of the service, she was one of the ones who went over to Amy Beth and hugged her and wouldn't let go. She wouldn't let go of Amy Beth. And I was worried about Amy Beth. I was like, oh no, I hope Amy Beth's doing all right over there. And Amy Beth's in tears and I'm in tears and we're telling people we just lost the baby. But I asked Amy Beth after, she's, she's like, that, she gave me exactly what I needed. I needed someone to hold on to me and just to not let go. The Holy Spirit guided us back to the church. We listened to the Holy Spirit. We could have easily said, we can comfort ourselves in our beds. The Holy Spirit led, us, led me to sing a song I wouldn't want to sing. The Holy Spirit led that lady to hug my wife. It's so imprinted on my mind. It's a source of comfort to me to this day. Even though I have five kids and I have nothing to complain about when it comes to having children, it's still a spot that was marked on my, my life. 
Seeking out the things that are comfortable aren't always the best source of comfort. God is our source of comfort. John 14, verse 26 says this, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send... Oh, hold on. That's, that's the right verse. But the, another translation says, The Comforter, the Comforter will come in my name. Maybe I got the wrong scripture there, but I'll turn to another scripture. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. This is an interesting verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. See, God first comforts us so we can comfort other people. And it actually says that he is the father of compassion and the God of all comfort. I want you to think of the moments in your life that you might have had experience that Amy Beth and I got to experience from that woman who just hugged, by the way, her name was Elaine, she was a wonderful woman in our church, who hugged Amy Beth and just held on to her. That source of comfort that Amy Beth received in that moment that actually comforted me as well as her husband. If this verse is true, it says that he is the God of all comfort. So that means any comfort that I've received, any comfort you've received, comes from God. When you've been in a situation where you've struggled whether it be over the past year, two years because of a pandemic and or someone has died in your family or you've been through some kind of loss or grief or maybe it was years and years ago and yet anytime something little comes, it triggers that emotion in you of that loss you've experienced. God is the source of all comfort and he's the one who wants to comfort you and he's going to use someone else to comfort you so that you can someday be someone who will comfort others. My job as a pastor, sometimes I fail miserably at this job, but sometimes I get to succeed at it, is to be there with people when they're going through their hardships so that I can be the Holy Spirit, so I can fulfill this verse. So that, that when other people are going through troubles, I can offer the comfort that God wants to offer them through me. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that you can do that too? So if you know that me as your pastor have ever been there to help you feel comforted, maybe it's just me simply saying a prayer for you, or maybe it's me being there. Hopefully I haven't said anything that would make the situation worse. And there's some good advice. Sometimes less words are more. And just being there with someone can offer way more comfort than saying anything. But maybe if you have the opportunity to receive that from someone, now you can be the person who's there for someone, and that will be God, the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter, the Holy Spirit working through you. First Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, Brothers, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or those who grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, so we believe that God will bring Jesus, with Jesus, those who have fallen asleep in him. What is he saying there? He's connecting 
the fact that we all go through situations of grief, don't we? Everyone here, there's one certainty in life. Actually, they say there's two certainties in life. Death and taxes, right? Hopefully you've paid your taxes this year. Death and taxes. Hopefully you got a nice refund. That'd be even better than paying them. Uh, but death, right? Death. It's a certainty. We all go through it. And I know for a fact that that has brought a source of pain into each of your lives. And you know what's made it worse? Is the fact that this pandemic, we haven't been able to grieve even the way we want to grieve. You know, restrictions on numbers, not feeling safe to go up and hug someone and hold them. Honestly, I, I, I've wanted to throw on a special service for some of you who've gone through hard times over this past two years and say, how can we grieve with you? And to be honest with you, I haven't known how to do that myself. And I thought, I hope I can talk to you about it today. We want to help you. But here's the, why would we talk about it today? Easter's supposed to be a, a season of new life. Easter's supposed to be this, this bright, you know, bunny rabbits and Easter eggs. You know, it's supposed to be this happy time. But the reality is this, is that Jesus died so that we can have hope to conquer death. That the thing that makes us grieve the most, the thing that brings pain in the most, is what Easter's about. You don't have Easter without Good Friday. You don't have the, 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 the joy of new life without experience the lows of death. It's amazing how these things often go in hand. I, when Joel was born, Amy Beth's papa passed away like the year before. It was like here we just grieved the most. And it wasn't too long, you know, there was a few years before, like four years before, we'd had this experience with not being able to have a baby. And now... Her, da her papa passed away, her grandfather, and then a year later we have this new source of joy with Joel coming into the world. It's weird how the seasons of life change. There's always an opportunity of hope, but what the author of Thessalonians here, we believe it's Paul, is saying to the church is, hey, when we grieve, when we all go through these traumatic experiences where some kind of death or suffering has happened, we don't have to grieve like the people who have no hope in this world because we have a hope. Because Jesus rose from the dead, that is our source of hope. If he can defeat death, then and you believe that he is in you, then you get to rise with him. Romans chapter 8 talks about this. Romans chapter 8 verses, verse 11. Romans 8 verse 11 says this, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead, that is the spirit, will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. The spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God lives in those who believe. And that is our source of hope. That the same way that Jesus went to the cross and died, we one day will die. Our loved ones will all die. But if we have Jesus in our lives, we don't have to grieve anymore. 
we can be filled with hope and expectation that one day we will be reunited with those who we love. We will see the one who conquered death. We will see him face to face. And the book of Revelation tells us he'll wipe away every tear from our eye. Any tear that you've cried over the past few years, any tear you've passed over, you've, you've shed over your entire life. Jesus has been there and he knows. And the Holy Spirit wants to promise you he can give you hope today that he over, helped Jesus overcome death and he will help you overcome death. And you can have that hope living in you. And that will be your source of comfort to get through the hardest things in this life. Imagine for a moment. We're, let's put ourselves 2,000 years ago. And we were following this man named Jesus. And everybody was saying he's the Messiah, which means he's the Savior. And he's going to fix us from all our problems. Imagine someone came along and said, all the problems that we are struggling through, this man can solve them. And not only did he say he can solve those problems, when we were hungry, he miraculously fed us. When we saw someone who was sick, he miraculously healed that person from death. Actually, we saw a dead girl rise up. We saw our friend Lazarus come out of the tomb. We saw him defeat death for certain people. And so if we're going to put our faith in anyone, it's that man who holds the power of God in his hands. He talks to people who are demon-possessed and the demons leave. Imagine this for a second. We're following him. We believe he's going to save us from all of our problems. And their problems were just as, good as, just as bad as ours, just so you know. Don't think that what we've been through is any worse than what the people in Jesus' day went through. They were human beings too, and human beings suffer, right? And yet, they watched him on Friday go to the cross. And their minds are blown in the fact that all of the hope that they had was now crushed. They'd put all of their faith, all of their hope into this one man who they thought claimed to be from God and maybe even God himself, and yet they witnessed him die. They had left their jobs. They had put their family lives on hold to follow this man. Imagine you did that, and now he's dead. That's putting yourself in the situation of Mary and Martha and Peter, and James, and John, and Andrew. And here they're waiting. And they, they even have a hard time remembering him talk about his resurrection because they're so defeated. All they can do is grieve. And the women have no idea what to do. So they do what good women want to do and try to make their hands busy. And they say, let's go to his grave and we'll at least anoint his body with some spices, with some, some perfumes, and so that his body at least smells good. And so this, these women are like, I'm sure in a time of grief, they're like, I don't want to be around those men. They're just grouchy right now. Let's go down and, and, and we'll grieve together. We'll walk down together to this grave and, and to this tomb and we'll go see his body. And, and, and for a pastor, I've been around a lot of, of, of funerals, right? And if there's something comforting that's strange around still seeing the body, right? Like, um, for those of you who've lost loved ones, seeing the body, there's a sense of closure. There's a sense of peace that can come. Sometimes it goes a little too far and, and people 
start talking to the body and start, you know, thinking the person's still in the body. No, we, we as Christians know the person's no longer in there. Their spirit has left their body. But there's still a source of comfort in grieving. And I think sometimes as North Americans, we rush past that part too quickly. We, we, we want to almost put our grief on hold. But these women, they, they wanted to be there at Jesus' body. Now imagine showing up and he's not there. Now, two things will either happen. You'll be flooded with hope remembering what Jesus actually said that he was going to raise from the dead. Or you're going to be traumatized by, because maybe you think someone stole his body, which would be pretty scary. You know, like someone losing their loved one's urn or something like that. Where's his body? It's got to be here somewhere. But then, as they're seeing that the tomb's empty, they're looking around. They see an angel. And the angel tells them, he's not here. He's risen. And these women are so filled with joy, they run back to tell the disciples. And Mary, I believe it's Mary, even had the opportunity to see Jesus. And they go back and tell the disciples, and they're so excited. They're saying, we saw an angel. He said that Jesus is arisen. And the disciples are so stuck with grief, they still can't believe. And the disciple that I'm named after, Thomas, says, I won't even believe it until I see it. And then Jesus shows up. And he says, here, touch my hands. Touch my feet. And he gets down on his knees, and I'm sure he's in tears, and he says, my Lord and my God, and he worships Jesus. What a beautiful story of everything we would ever hope to happen to our loved ones, right? And the promise is that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us, and that we don't have to grieve like the pagans because Guess what? Jesus can bring life. The Holy Spirit can bring life to our bodies. And one day we will be reunited with our loved ones. The Holy Spirit wants to comfort us. He wants to give us that hope. That same hope he gave 2,000 years ago to the disciples. That same hope that we carry in our faith. As Christians, this is what it's all about, is that we carry around this hope so that we can tell people, hey, we don't have to grieve the same way. So what does that mean? Some of you still struggling to be comforted because of your loss. You're like, yes, pastor, I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Yes, I believe that there's eternal life. Yes, I believe that... I'll be reunited with my loved ones because Jesus defeated death, but it still hurts. That pain still leaves a mark on my life. And this is where I believe the Holy Spirit can come in and yes, give us hope that we'll see that loved one one day in heaven, but also comfort us here and now and heal our broken hearts and speak directly to our hearts to say, I hear your pain Jesus, and when he's on the cross, cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced that pain. I believe the Father and the Son in that, in that moment had to experience some kind of pain. The Father seeing his Son 
tortured on a Roman cross, and Jesus, feeling the weight of the sin of the world, says, why have you forsaken me, Father? And, and in that moment, God knew the same pain that we suffer with in this world because Jesus chose to take on human flesh. He chose to feel the humanness that you feel when you go through your trauma, which means that when the Holy Spirit says, I can comfort you, it's not like someone who is by your side and says, we've all made this mistake. Oh, I'm sorry for what you're going through. I know what that feels like. And you're like, what? what? I don't want you to hear your experience about how you've been through something like what I've been through. I just want you to hear my story. You ever been through a situation like that? We all do this. So we make the silly mistake of when we share our stories, we want to share something that's relatable. And so we share a similar story. It's not bad when you're talking about, you know, a good day. But when it's a bad day, sometimes you don't want to hear about the other person's grief because you're grieving yourself. But then someone comes along and they actually know exactly what you're talking about. You're like, sometimes someone tells you a story and you're like, that has no, no relatability at all to what I'm going through, right? But then sometimes someone comes along and you know that the pain you feel, they felt that pain. And there's something comforting about that person coming alongside you and putting their hands around you. Jesus can do that. The Holy Spirit could do that. And I believe he wants to do that right now. Let's pray. And my prayer is this, is that the hope of the resurrection, the hope of Jesus would fill you and comfort you. And that anything that you've been through in the past few years, anything that you've been through in your life that has caused you grief, that you can trust Jesus with that so that he can fill you with life and love and joy and peace and you can sense his comfort. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, we thank you for dying on the cross. And Spirit, Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, we thank you for giving Jesus life, raising him from the dead, and giving us that same promise that you live us in us and will raise us from the dead if we simply put our hope and our trust in you. And I pray, Lord, that you, Holy Spirit, who calls yourself comforter, you call yourself our comforter, would you comfort all of our pain today? Would you use us in the church to comfort each other as well? Lord, I know through COVID there have been a lot less hugs, but I pray, Lord, Holy Spirit, that you would inspire us to know when someone truly needs a hug. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would comfort all those who've lost a loved one recently. Maybe this Easter is the first Easter where they, or, or maybe, maybe not the first, but maybe, maybe the first or second or third Easter that that loved one's not at the dinner table for Easter. We need your comfort. Holy Spirit, Give us your comfort. Lord, I pray for those who've lost babies in the past two years. Lord, as I shared my miscarriage story, Lord, I know there are many women 
who've lost babies. And a lot of women don't share that pain with others because it's too painful. But Holy Spirit, I pray that you would comfort all of the women who've gone through that trauma and all the dads who are excited to be a dad. Lord, would you give them hope that those babies go straight to heaven. Lord, I want to pray for the families that are estranged. The, the mothers who can't talk to their children or the, the siblings who aren't talking to each other. Lord, I pray that there would be comfort that you offer us in our broken relationships. Lord, when we love nothing else than to be hugged by our loved one and yet they've rejected us. I pray that your comfort would heal that wound. And Lord, I pray that we as a church would do what that passage in, in Thessalonians talks about. Lord, would we not only receive your comfort, but would we share your comfort? And Lord, we're going to have a meal here together. But I pray, Lord, that you would bring comfort into our lives through other people? And would we share comfort with those who need to be comforted? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.